Good morning, everyone. Jim Laird here from Lardo, Florida. It is muggy. It is like being in an armpit out here, which is which is fine. Getting used to it. Um, hope you had a great weekend. Hope you got to spend a lot of time outside. Of course, today we're going to get into fasting. It's been all the rage lately, actually for a while. We'll kind of get into the history of it and who it's appropriate for, who it's not appropriate for, all the things. And just like with everything, it's usually, it depends, right? There's no, very few things. There's like cut and dry answers for most things, right? And that's just life in general. So what do we got going on? Well, we got the thyroid course we're releasing at the end of the month. You can go to either one of our YouTube um, pages and go to live and you'll see the thyroid set up there. You can you can hit the reminder on that. You can tune into the webinar to hear what the course is all about and, and how it can help you. And we're excited to get that rolling. We helped a lot of people on the last course. And of course, you can go in the, com in the uh, descriptions. You can go and basically check out Stillman Wellness, which is the coaching side of the practice. If you want to check out the medical side, it's stillmanmd.com. You can, you can opt in on either of those sites to get regular updates and information on what we're doing. Uh, please like and subscribe. Um, that helps us out a lot. As with everything, Dr. Stillman should be joining me shortly. Context matters, okay? There are people that will do, like, everyone has this, like, they want a magic answer that basically applies to everyone. And there's a few things that I can say that are, that are like for sure true. You need sunshine, you need water, uh, you need oxygen. Like that's the, the big three that, that like that's without those things, you're dead. Right. When it comes to diet, you know, all these different things as context, like how much stress are you under? How efficient is your body? Right. What are your goals? Okay. So if your goal is to add a bunch of muscle mass, uh, intermittent fasting is probably not a good strategy. Good morning, Dr. Stillman. Good morning, everyone. Oh, I don't hear you for some reason. Really? Let me check it out here. Drop a one in the comments if you can hear us. Like I was saying, intermittent fasting is probably not a good strategy if you're trying to get bigger and stronger because you're going to have a really hard time producing enough in uh, to really drive hypertrophy, uh, drive performance, all that sort of thing. Um, yeah, you have to be, you have to like be eating enough. Dr. Stillman, for whatever reason. Jim, you probably didn't hook your audio through the right channel. My speaker is on. Check you hear Dr. Stillman. Check the settings. Say something, Dr. You got to make sure it's the same in StreamYard as the as the um, computer. Huh, interesting. Well, so anyway, I why I can't hear you, Dr. Stillman? Let me see. I don't know why. Mm -mm. <laughs> you hear both of us, but you can't hear me. That's awesome. Let me see. I'm looking in StreamYard right now. Uh, speaker. Ah, that's why. We found it. We found it. We found it. Uh, 
evil speaker. All right, that should be should be it. There we go. There we go. Thank Fasting. you, sir. Yeah, it, it made your Yeti the the uh, I know. It does the speaker. That. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for your patience, everyone. So, like I was saying, if your goal is to get bigger and stronger, intermittent fasting is probably not a good option for you. If you are metabolically broken, if you are under a ton of stress, okay, intermittent fasting is probably not a good option for you. We see these people, they, they, they eat, their diet's horrible, their lifestyle's horrible, and then they want to reach for like intermittent fasting or they want to do a five-day water fast or instead of just like starting with like, hey, let's get a protein at every meal. Let's work on pulling out your refined starches and get the low-hanging fruit first. Everyone's looking for like this miracle cure that's going to fix everything in the snap of a finger. And, and very rarely does that happen. There's so much people can do before they go to extremes like, you know, a long-term fast. Mm -hmm. And most of them don't realize that they're not even doing fundamental things before they reach for these more complicated and frankly difficult things. And the problem is that we see them metabolically breaking themselves because they're trying to do it without any kind of expert guidance, advice, or insight. And it's sad because it's very, you know, fashionable to talk about fasting. It's very easy to not eat, but it's very also very easy to mess up your metabolism and make yourself worse by not eating properly and then fasting because you, you have to do both. I mean, you talk to people who've done long fasts and I mean, long fasts days to weeks, many of them will end up chronically underweight. And if that's your only tool or your only strategy in order to get well and stay healthy, then you're going to wind up wasting away. And under a certain body mass index, your mortality actually increases. Your risk of death actually goes up because you don't have a lot of reserve. If something happens, you get hit by a bus, you get hit by a car, you know, you uh, suffer a ground level fall, break a hip. You need to have nutrition in store in order to help you recover and rest and recuperate from things that are going to happen to you and whether you like it or not. I did a, I did a 10 day fast as part of, um, helping to treat an infection mm -hmm. and how I got it, how I basically led myself into that is I did keto, I did keto for, for a week to prepare. I dramatically reduced my workload and my stress. Yep. Um, and then I did the fast and, um, I wasn't training for a triathlon at the time. I, I was relaxing as much as I possibly could. I was walking and that's about it. And then when I came off the fast, it took me three days to get my digestive system going again. I started with bone broth. You know, a lot of people will do these long water fasts and they're still training hard and they're, they're still running around with their hair on fire and it just absolutely wrecks. And for the caveat, I was on HRT as well. So I was keeping my hormone levels higher. And that's a lot of thing. A lot of these people that are pushing fasting and a lot of these different methodologies they don't tell you they're on GH. They don't tell you they're on HRT. They don't tell you you're on peptides because when you're mm -hmm. on those things, you can get away with a lot more. Well, the, the other, other thing, thing mm -hmm. the other thing is a lot of these people don't have a normal life. You know, they are a professional biohacker influencer and they have nothing to do all day, but make content or right. occasionally coach somebody. And so it's easy for them 
to, I mean, they'll have a personal chef and they'll have a personal VA and they'll have everything in their business automated. Right. And what you don't see is them resting, recuperating, getting two hours of sunlight. Um, and then you just hear them talk about how amazing their results were with this, this, and this. And then you try to apply it in your context, but you're a busy mom, you're a busy dad, you know, and you don't get the same results. It's not a mystery to Jim and I, why you're not getting the same results because we coach, you know, regular people. And then we also take care of people who live that influencer lifestyle. And it's really funny because we'll take care of, for example, high net worth individuals who are very, very, very busy. And then high net worth individuals who are not busy at all. And we'll take care of people who are regular folks who are not busy and regular folks who are extremely busy running around, like Jim said, with their hair on fire. And it's, it all comes down to figuring out what category you're in, not just as far as that, but all these other things, right? Are you breastfeeding? Are you not breastfeeding? You know, are you young? Are you old? Are you overweight? Are you underweight? Do you have enough muscle mass? Do you not have enough muscle mass? Do you have certain diseases or illnesses or problems with the GI tract? This is why to me, you know, when Jim and I, when people are asked us, what should I do about this? Or what should I do for that? And in, in like DMS or comments or whatever, it's just, it's, it's, it's so frustrating dealing with that mindset and thinking well, if it was as simple as me telling you all to do the same thing, I would have done it already, yep. but there's so many caveats and we have to have these caveats. And the reason why we have these caveats is that Jim and I see one person after another coming to us who's been broken by this protocol or that protocol or this practitioner or that practitioner, not that they didn't mean well, but they make mistakes and they create problems when they don't give people the right guidance. You know, I originally uh, got into fasting about 15 years ago. A guy named Ari Huffmichler was the one that really brought it into the fitness industry and basically, basically had this program called the Warrior Diet. And a lot of guys were attracted to it like me because I wanted to stay big and jacked and lean and I wanted to be able to eat junk. And so a lot of times fasting will, because you're going into your eating period ravenously hungry, um, you have a tendency to overindulge in certain things. And a lot of people that don't have a good relationship with food, and we get a lot of those people in the practice, once they have one or two donuts or one or two things, of ice cream, it turns into a binger, right? And, and you justify it in your head because, well, I didn't eat for 20 hours. And then you've got this really short window to get your calories in and it ends up turning into binging and that which can cause right. and here's the thing too your digestive tract has to be in really really and and fasting can help your digestion get into a better place but you're putting a large amount of food in a very small window so your body's going to have to digest that and a lot of times you don't absorb as many nutrients and you you just don't digest as well and some people do really well with it and other people don't if you're a, a hair on fire mom and your cortisol is already chronically elevated. Guess what happens when you fast? Your body is going to produce more cortisol to mobilize more glucose, more glycogen. It's going to start pulling that glycogen from your muscles. It's going to pull it from your liver. Um, and that's going to spike insulin. I mean, it's going to spike insulin. So you can actually get insulin resistance, if, especially if you're also living a chronic indoor life that combines um, with that. But you can get insulin resistance eating a low-carb diet. I know people yeah. don't. And eventually that is insulin resistance leads to hormone dysregulation. Um, people, people don't understand that. They think if they just quit eating carbs, um, they'll fix insulin resistance. But if your stress is off the chart, it, it can actually make it, make it worse, believe it or not. Cause people forget that carbohydrates are calming 
um, they help lower cortisol. So if you're one of these stress monsters, you don't have to eat a ton of carbs, but having a little bit of carbs at every meal is going to help keep that cortisol from running out of control. And Jim and I are going to be doing an episode on what your doctor doesn't know about cortisol soon, because it's really interesting talking to guys like Jim who have worked at high levels in the um, bodybuilding, sports, performance, figure com competitions uh, world because they know things about hormones from extensive, albeit anecdotal experience that the average endocrinologist just doesn't doesn't know because they've never been exposed to the information. It's very interesting talking to people in Jim's world about hormones because they just understand things that only come out when you're really pushing the limits of performance and you're really tracking things in a very robust way that frankly, most doctors don't have time or interest to do. Well, and we experiment on ourselves in ways that they can't do in studies, you know? I mean, yeah, you, I know. you, you want to learn, like you talk to guys like Christian Thibodeau or guys like vigorous Steve or guys like Dr. Mike Israel. Yeah. I mean, they know, you know, down to, you know, exactly how all these things play. And of course, performance enhancing drugs are playing there too, but the principles are still the same. Mm -hmm. You just can't get away with as much uh, if you're natural. Um, the, the other thing that, that most people don't consider um, with this stuff as well is, you know, the performance aspect of it. Like if you're training like a maniac, it, it's, it's not going to be a good, a good, uh, and over the last 20 years, my diet has changed dramatically. I would do one thing for a while and then switch and get results. And then I'd switch it to something else. People are like, I'm going to eat like this for the rest of my life. And that very rarely happens. Like the principles are the same, but maybe when you place your meals, you know, I skipped breakfast for a couple of years, got great results. And then it started working against me. So I added it back in and then I started fasting on the back end. And that's actually how I like most people to do it. I like most people to get on a nice, stable, um, uh, well-rounded nutrient dense diet, something like the vertical diet, do that for a month or so, see how that goes. And then if they want to experiment around with different things, um, I'd rather have somebody fast on the back end because then they eat a good amount of food. And they, if they, they want to, you know, if they want a little more focus, they can eat a little more keto ish breakfast and then, uh, you know, a little bit of carbs at lunch. So that way they get their focus. They don't have that insulin spike in the morning. And then they can eat light at night and then they're already sleeping. So it makes it easy for them to fast overnight. And then maybe you do like one fast day, you, you, you eat on a Saturday and then you don't eat till Sunday night or, or Monday morning. I see something like that working much better for most people uh, than the opposite where they skip breakfast and then they're trying, you know, they get so busy and then they end up, you know, binging to try and get enough calories in at the end of the day. Um, I see that strategy working much, much better for people, but you want to make sure you're in a good place, healthy, you have great metabolic flexibility first, and you'll find that if you do all the basics, you might not even need, you might not even need the fasting, you know, but it's not a bad thing to do from time to time. It's just, everybody wants to throw, you know, all their, all their cards in a deck. I know. So Shannon asked a great question, which we get all the time. I only overnight fast 12 to 13 hours. Is this enough for my health? If not, how many hours per day would be most beneficial not doing it for weight loss? So Shannon, this is a great question that we get all the time. And I think the most important uh, element to answering this question properly is to ask you what your goals are. 
So, and because we start with the goals and then we need to know where you are, right? It's a little bit like giving you directions with any, if you're in your car, right? I want to go somewhere. Where, where should I go? Am I going, I want to go 60 miles an hour. Okay. Well, you're going to have to drive on the highway. And where are you going? Well, I'm going to downtown St. Petersburg. Okay. Where are you now? I'm in Clearwater. Okay. Now we're properly oriented and we can give you some idea of how to get there. So first of all, when people say, um, I'm not doing it for weight loss. I'm just doing it for my health. Most of them mean I want to look good and feel good. And then we have to have a little bit more of a conversation about what that means to them, right? Or they're trying to get autophagy. <clears throat> yeah. And so most people, when they say that my health, they mean I want to minimize my disease risk. I want to minimize my risk of death, which is the same thing, essentially. And I want to maximize my health span and my longevity. But it's really important to understand that in the longevity research, as Jim and I talk about often, uh, it's very clear that calorie restriction is part of the secret sauce for prolonging longevity. People who live long, long, a long, long time are not eating enormous amounts of food. And because of that, they also don't have an enormous amount of muscle mass. Like you look at a guy like David Sinclair, who's one of the top experts in the world in longevity science. And he's always talking about sirtuins and fasting. He does one meal a day, right? Well, he does one meal a day and he looks like he could be knocked over by a strong gust of wind. And I said this to a guy recently who said, I, I want to look good. And I want to feel good. I said, okay, he's in my, he's in, he's in the executive uh, concierge wellness program that we have. And I said, okay, listen, technically men who are castrated live longer than men who are not castrated. And if you calorie restrict and you're thinner and you have less muscle mass, you're going to um, also live longer. And he sort of chuckled and said, yeah, I, I, okay, I see where you're going with this. And then I said, so I think what you really mean is you want to live a long time, but you want to look good. You want to feel good. And you want to be able to like, you know, toss your wife around the bedroom, you know, gently and appropriately. And he said, yeah, basically that's what I want. So you, you have to define what kind of muscle mass you want. And particularly for women, they end up because of the obsession with the scale that's been created by the fitness industry, they end up falling into the trap of eating too little and losing muscle mass and losing bone mass. And they think that's a win. It's a little bit like cutting off your foot to lose weight. It's effective, but it's not a good idea. And so are you at the weight that you want to be at? And I'm not saying weight. Are you at the body composition? Are you at the muscle mass? Do you have good bone density? All these things matter before we incorporate something like fasting. If a woman comes to me in her, her middle life and she's had fractures, she's had a history of under eating, we need to take a really serious look at her overall metabolic health before we do any kind of fasting. We need to take a serious look at her caloric load over the course of a day because if we fast her, we could ruin her health. We could set her up for early osteoporosis. We could set her up for early ovarian failure, which means early menopause. We could ruin her. And so do you have the muscle mass you want? No, then fasting may not actually be a good idea for you right now. Most people I see are going to do better changing their macros, increasing their protein intake, and incorporating some weightlifting and some gentle exercise like walking before they get fancy with anything more than an overnight fast. And then you have to look at, okay, well, what's the fast going to be? Um, you know, most of my patients wind up to make this a longer, a longer story short. Most of my patients end up eating two to three times a day. If they're eating twice a day, they're eating more at those two meals, maybe a, a 600, 800, even a thousand calorie meal. And then the overnight fast is all they're doing on a regular basis. And if Shannon, the question I would ask you is yeah. what time is your last meal? 
because you got to understand it takes two to three hours for you to go into an actually true fasted state. So a lot of people will be like, well, I'm fasting 12 to 13 hours, but then, you know, they ate at nine o'clock. And so they really are only fasting for eight hours. Right. So, um, but, but yeah, there's, if you go online and you type in the benefits of fasting, it'll have like so many hours, different things start. And, and you can definitely like, I push probably, you know, from when I do overnight fasting, I push more like 16 to 18 hours. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where a lot of the real big benefits come from. But Mm -hmm. so a lot of it depends on when your last meal is. So like, if you skip your dinner, it's a lot easier to start getting up into the fixed 15, 16, six. Okay. 6 PM, 7 AM. So, so add three hours to that. So your fast doesn't start essentially till nine o'clock. Yeah. So, so I, one of the things I did while we've been talking here is I, I plugged my aura ring in and I looked at the data, uh, yesterday I had breakfast, lunch, and dinner as I almost always do. I'm trying to gain muscle mass. I want to put on another five to 10 to 15 pounds of muscle in the next six months to a year. And because of that, I'm not trying to calorie restrict. I'm not restricting carbohydrates. I'm trying to use them to gain that mass. And I'm trying to get plenty of protein. And I did two things yesterday that caused my HRV to significantly increase today. I went to the float tank. I spent an hour in the float tank, which for those of you who don't know, float tanks are essentially, they're a form of sensory deprivation. And you're, you're essentially in a zero G environment because you're resting on a, uh, a, a tub of, of water with so much, so much Epsom salt in it that it actually makes you very, very buoyant. And you can just lay there and completely relax. And after that, I went and had dinner at about five o'clock in the afternoon. So I was done eating by 6 p.m. I spent my whole day, other than the flow tank, relaxing. I went for a walk. You know, I got up and started my day at the beach. And today my HRV is over 100. And the max is 192 in the last 24 hours, which is insane. Most of our people are in the 20s to 50s. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I give you all that example because people will say, well, I'm going to fast. Fasting is going to fix my problem. And their HRV is seven. And they're an absolute trash can of stress. And they have all these toxic relationships, toxic habits. They're, you know, having a glass of wine at nine o'clock after they eat dinner at 8 p.m. These are not good strategies. And so this fasting is, what, is a, fasting is a tool like exercise. Cool. Yeah. And it's a stressor like exercise. Mm-hmm. It is. So you've got to pick the right tool for the right, for the job at the right time. And this is why coaching is indispensable because we, we, we help people get to where they want to go every day, all day. And you well, can sign and up most people, including myself, the link in the description of this video, have a really hard time honestly assessing and looking at themselves like you know people have a really hard time doing an honest evaluation of themselves that's why people get coaches that's why athletes Mm -hmm. have coaches right right they you know they're not very good at self-assessment right Mm -hmm. and then it takes time to make behavior change there's very few people it's true that unless they're there there's a gun to their head um they they generally don't make um dramatic decisions in their lifestyle because it's it's almost impossible to do and well, yes that is very that, true right? modern life is toxic amen yeah. to that that's so i mean jim we talk about this all the time they they make these huge changes that are not sustainable right. and then they fall off the wagon 
they fall back into their old habits mm -hmm. and they don't have any accountability. And I think the sad thing is, is that they'll, they'll run out and they'll spend more per month on supplements than they will on coaching. And if yeah, they do spend money yep. on coaching, they're spending it on, you know, some trainer who just got their certification, no, no hate on people who just got their certification. I appreciate you. Keep going, keep learning, become better, keep listening to Jim. He will help you. But they, they should really be spending their money and their time getting good direction so that they understand what they actually should be doing to be well. I mean, that's, most people coming to us are spending more money on their supplements per month than they've been spending on their medical care or coaching, depending on how they engage our services. Yeah. Um, you know, the fundamentals of wellness is like $99 a month. I mean, we got people that are spending thousands of dollars I know on, on supplements and peptides and HRT and all the bells and whistles. And, you know, it's just most people, especially the ladies, um, would get so much out of just floating once a week or doing restorative yoga class or doing things to reduce their stress because that just makes everything better, you know, as opposed to trying to, you know, work more. Right. Mm. Um, so reality filters got some hot takes. So one of the comments we get here is athletic greens is a classic example of modern day snake oil. I don't know if I would say that uh, reality filter. I've looked at athletic greens. A lot of people I know are using them. And uh, I think it's a great example of how people are using a packaged product to uh, for convenience, the sake of convenience. And I totally respect that. So many of my people could come to me. They're super busy. They do not have time. They need me to help them streamline what they're doing so that they can get on with their lives. What I think they end up doing though, is they spend all their money on athletic greens and supplements and courses and subscriptions, and they don't end up with any time in their day for themselves. And when you don't do that, you don't have any time to reflect, to really get better information. So, um, reality filter came back with surely better to just eat kale and seaweed. I wouldn't say surely. I just think it's a question of, you know, what are you trying to do? Um, you know, I use powdered greens in my morning smoothie, but I also combine them with fresh spinach. If I were to not have enough fresh spinach around, I might use the powdered kale or something like that. So it's all about. Well, it's, taking, it's, it's, it's a, it's a tool. Do. It's a trade-off, right? I mean, if you take athletic greens and then you don't eat any vegetables at all, right? That's probably not, not a good, not right. or what, what if I got a high school kid who refuses to eat vegetables? Mm-hmm. I'd much rather give them athletic greens than not at all. 100%. Um, the, the gut definitely plays a huge role in the immune system. But the thing most people forget is that our immune system is run by the sun. The sun runs your immune system. And that's one of the reasons why people are having so many issues today. That's right. Because they, they just don't go outside. And on that note, I have to jump onto another call. It's great seeing everybody this morning. Take care. Have a have good a one. Day, and don't forget to get outside. Take care, everyone. See you tomorrow.